0: Hello ladies and gentlemen. Hello! Uh, Hello. Wow, that's good, that's really good. Welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave, and I'll be your host this evening. I'm very pleased that all of you (laughs) could join me (laughs) downstairs here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Excitingly, we're finally breaking out the piano tonight to uh, (laughs) this room full of excited people. So now, proving that piano players are like buses we have the musical comedy stylings of Rachel Paris. You can find more Rachel at rachelparis.com.
1: crackhead. (laughs) But that's not, that's not everything that I am. (laughs) By any means. (laughs) I said that the other day and a man on the front row said, "Uh, you're not a crackhead, you're a cracker. (laughs) (laughs) And I came. sick in my mouth That night was the start of something really beautiful. Would you believe? Um, three months in rehab and never went quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm joking. Of course, I'm not. Uh, I'm not rich enough to go to rehab. I just stopped drinking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I stopped drinking vodka. When alone. I? Drinking unbranded vodka <laughs> when alone. <laughs> I stopped drinking petrol <laughs> in the current climate, it seems rude. <laughs> Unless it's on two for one, you can't argue with that, can you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I never stopped. I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, sorry, actually that's quite a sad song, <laughs> in a way, I always forget how it ends. <laughs> um, my friends often say to me, uh, Rachel, you're a mess. <laughs> of all the musical genres you should be singing, especially for tonight, um, you should be singing uh, the blues. Um, so I've penned um, a traditional blues number, it's very tragic. Um, is anyone here a fan of the blues? Yeah. 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 Oh, you'll definitely like this. <laughs> it's really authentic. I <laughs> woke up on Monday and I'm feeling kind of blown. i am been crying, i am crying over the A little sip of something, a little sip of something strong. I go into the kitchen because I'm laughing. <laughs> I don't like chimes. <laughs> i look up on Tuesday and I'm feeling pretty low. What'll I do now? Now I got no place to go. Needed something to keep me in my head. I need to stay children and getting married and all that kind of thing. Um, um, I mean, I'm fine with children. <laughs> I work in a school. You are not damned. <laughs> but, um, I look on having a baby. Um, a baby's a bit like a house party. It's fine if someone else is holding it. And <laughs> they can clear up the mess afterwards. <laughs> and at some point down the line, the neighbours might have to call the police. <laughs> uh, and my best friend actually recently turned 30, Um, the big 3 and I, I wrote him um, a birthday song as a present. I gave him the gift of music. I'm, I'm really poor. <laughs> Just to get to the room, um, could you give me a cheer if you're over 30? Woo! And if you're under 30? Woo-hoo! I let to see how this goes. <laughs>
0: I'm 30, so I didn't know whether to, which when oh, to cheer. I, no, I didn't know whether to, I, I didn't cheer because I, 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 I was right in the middle. Wasn't and then it was all about me. Aww. That was nice. Yeah. Um. So the next stand-up tragedy live show will be on the 7th of May. We're going to a new time, 8:30 till late. It's going to be a longer show with an interval, more time to drink, more time to see tragedy, and it's going to be a great show. We got a really top-notch lineup. We've got Ben Target or ben Target as some people pronounce it. We've got the Twisted Twins. They're going to be playing. I think I'm going to be bringing my ukulele along and playing a couple of songs so we'll have a few ukulele based songs. We're going to have James McKay who performs The Book of Job. Tanya Hirschman and Vanessa Gebby will both be doing new fiction. We've got a true story from Tony Hickson. We're going to have a performance performance of a new short story called The House That Jack Built, written by Jenny Adamthwaite and performed by Louise Adams. That's going to be really great. We've got music from Anton Frank. We've got more comedy from Alison Thea Scott and John Kearns. And we've got some creative non-fiction by Natalie Hurrahan. And the the whole night is a really good mix of acts. (laughs) I'm really pleased to be able to invite you to all come along. It only costs you £10 or £8. If you use the offer code TRAGIC when you book online, you get a couple of quid knocked off, which pretty much evens out the booking fee. Come along, really do. It's going to be great. How can we get tickets, though, you may be asking. Well, it's easy. You can get them from the Leicester Square Theatre box office. There's links to all of that stuff on the Stand Up Tragedy website, which is www.standuptragedy.com uk we've got loads of stuff on there actually, so you might as well go on and have a look we've got podcasts of all of the previous shows we've got videos we've got stories we've got all sorts of things linked up on there so that's the way to do it and now on with the show all right well my friend says that I 'm a bit like a human Argos catalog when I do this comparing lark because I tell everybody lots of websites to go to <laughs> now Liars League presents Black Holes, White Dwarfs, by Sam Carter, performed by Elizabeth Bauer. This and many more stories can be found at www.liarsleague.com. Writers write, actors read, audience listens, everyone wins. Mm -hmm.
2: Black Holes, White Dwarfs.
1: Now, can you just do it again, sorry? For
2: the benefit of the podcast. (laughs) The camera lady's having trouble. Black Holes, White Dwarves by Sam Carter, read by Elizabeth Bower. He'd booked them on a cruise to the Tannhauser Gate, first class, all inclusive for their anniversary, even though he knew perfectly well that she'd have preferred the moon. She couldn't decide whether it was a romantic gesture or a selfishly practical one. Either way, he'd forestalled any objection by presenting the trip as a fait accompli, a gift. The ship, the Piccadilly, was elderly and smelled of the staleness of space. The discoloured titanium corridors creaked and cried alarmingly. The atmosphere on board had the permanent deodorant whiff of recycled air and on the lower decks the fixtures were peeling and worn. A lovely Girl, Theo had said approvingly, eyeing the ship's pitted hull as they would watched it draw into the orbital dock. But the stateroom was smaller than their bathroom at home, and the carpet clung to their deck shoes and slippers with staticky ardor. Blue sparks glanced alarmingly from it at night when one of them got up to pee.
1: <laughs>
2: you uh you sure this thing'll get us to Orion? she said quietly at dinner when the artificial gravity blinked off for a second and everybody's food and cutlery and glasses suddenly rose, tumbling above the linen for a moment, before splashing and smacking back down. He'd given her a hard look and hadn't replied. It wasn't that she wasn't grateful, just that she'd expected it to be more, well, spectacular. The gate was famous, and everybody said you had to see the sea beams even though no one knew knew what they were exactly. Whether they were living or dead or something in between, alien or machine, or both, or neither. You had to see them, though. The brochure described the sea beams as enigmatically majestic, or majestically enigmatic, Karen couldn't remember which. Mm -hmm. They swam the star-dusted depths around the cluster of white dwarfs off Orion's shoulders silently, endlessly glittering, huge and mysterious. She'd watched a program about them on the ship's in, on the in Ship documentary channel. They reminded her of those big old underwater animals from way back. Whales or ichthy or somethings. Some scientists thought that their constant shimmering and pulsing was a way of communicating through light like whale song. Oh, so the voiceover said. The gate itself was a popular tourist attraction. But not because there was anything to see. In fact, quite the opposite. The twinned black holes, orbiting one another like courteous figurines on a Swiss clock, formed a portal to the Horsehead Nebula, a shortcut between galaxies. It had been discovered by accident. (laughs) Nothing came out of the gate, only went in. The cargo liners were all automated because nothing living could withstand the jump except the sea beams, if they were even alive. When there was a big shipment, you stood on the observation deck and stared at the cargo cruisers for ages, growing tinier and tinier, and then they were gone. It was quite boring to watch, and if you blinked at the wrong time you could miss it completely. Theo filmed the whole thing and even took a couple of pics and movies when the gate wasn't in use. The sightseeing group was up on the bridge and the guide was explaining the whole system. Karen was annoyed at Theo's mindless tourist reflex to record absolutely everything, however unimpressive and dull. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's a black hole, she said. What's there to photograph? Theo just sighed and kept snapping. In the onboard gift shop, you could buy plain black t-shirts with scrolling text at the bottom that said The Tannhauser Gate by night. You could also buy tiny coloured tees for for kids. The styles were called White Dwarf and Red Dwarf. At dinner, the live band played old jazz standards badly, while Theo and Karen ate their food and swapped well-worn, semi-apocryphal holiday anecdotes with other couples. The limited skill of the ship's chefs couldn't disguise the dry, salty tang of rehydrates. Karen wore a frock and jewellery for the first few nights, but seeing most of the other passengers slope up in sweatpants and sneakers, she swiftly decided not to bother. Theo seemed to find space stimulating. The gentler, cardiac-friendly gravity on board the ship gave him more energy. And agility. His big frame was no longer so awkward to drag around although his skull still scraped the bulkheads on the lower decks where they went on Saturdays to gamble and watch movies. <laughs> he started to refer to the crews as their second honeymoon and when his thick warm hands moved over her hips in the narrow one and a half inch width bed Karen didn't have the heart to halt them with her own. Instead She turned over resignedly and did what they usually did, when, with ever-decreasing frequency these days, they actually did it. That seemed to satisfy him. (laughs) He didn't do the things that she liked in return, but it occurred to her that perhaps he'd forgotten, or indeed (laughs) never really known what she liked. (laughs) Perhaps she hadn't been sufficiently grateful or enthusiastic when he first did them, and... He'd become dispirited and confused. She didn't know, she wasn't sure it mattered. Here they were in far-flung space, on holiday, their second honeymoon. That was something, wasn't it? He fell asleep very quickly after sex, as though he were a canary and she put a cloth over his cage, (laughs) or as if someone had switched off a light, although they always did it in the dark. She always imagined deep space as completely black, but the thickly sprinkled stars were laser white, and shone intrusively through their single portal if she didn't pull down the blind. Sometimes when Theo was snoring and she couldn't sleep she got up and stared through the inch thick glass at the smooth ocean of darkness outside. She stared until her eyes blurred and then she closed them to feel the starlight on her face, listening hard until she could hear the singing silence that pressed like a lover against the ship's hull. She imagined diving into the vortex of a black hole, through the airless frozen dark of space like a velvet rope pulled tight around the chest and eyes and emerging into the pure unarguable white of exploding light, the unsullied heart of a sun.
0: If you've enjoyed tonight, all of you, please tell people about it. We also have stand-up tragedy hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, badges, and even underwear, and dog coats uh, that you can buy uh, from uh, the website for a very expensive price, I'm afraid, but it's print-on-demand so we don't uh, lose anything if you prefer you could donate some money to try and help us to uh, pay people a bit more than we're paying at the moment and uh, to do more with this night you can find all about that and about future tragedy at www.standuptragedy.co.uk if you're a fan of the logo go and check out www.shavenravendesigns.co.uk where you can Find out how to get a great logo like this one or other brilliant design work done for you at a reasonable price by a really fantastic designer. We're uh, releasing extracts from the nights as free podcasts available through iTunes, SoundCloud and the Stitcher Smart Radio app, which is free. So if you've got a smartphone, you might as well get that.